Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the morning services. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. How would you like Emmanuel Church to be known? What do those from other churches think about us? And what does the community around us think? Uh, Here are some things I imagine uh, others might think of us at at Emmanuel. Uh, They might think of our annual big events, uh, like the Mayhem Holiday Clubs for children, uh, summer rendezvous, holidays at home for older people, uh, our Christmas Eve uh, extravaganza services, uh, worship of a high production value. All great things uh, in their place. We've seen the Lord work wonderfully through them. Uh, through each of them, and this is an opportunity to say a huge thank you to each one of you who serve uh, in those and indeed a whole range uh, of areas of church life. Uh, And let me say as well that if you can spare the time this year uh, to serve either in Mayhem or Summer Rendezvous, we would love more leaders uh, for each of those. You can sign up online, uh, use the gifts that God has given you uh, to reach out with the gospel this summer. So we give thanks for those big events, but, but just imagine with me a scenario where well, we no longer had the resources uh, to put them on. I'm not saying that's going to happen, uh, but just imagine it with me. Uh, Emmanuel Church without mayhem or rendezvous. Emmanuel Church without so many gifted musicians and singers. Emmanuel Church without the technical skills to do things at a high quality. Perhaps without live stream or lighting. Here's the thing that 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 makes clear. If you, if you took all of those things away, you could still have a model church. Emmanuel Church could become a model church without any of those big events, musical abilities, or technical know-how. Wonderful as they all are, you could have none of them and still have a model church. That is what this chapter is painting a picture of. A glance with me at verse 7. They write, you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. So this chapter is going to help us to to understand uh, what we should be praying for, seeking for, to be like as a church family. Above anything else we might be known for, uh, it will help us to long to be a model church uh, in the way this chapter describes. Let's just briefly get our bearings in the letter. Uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, verse 1, they were writing to the church in Thessalonica, that's modern-day Greece, uh, back in in Acts chapter 17, uh, they brought the gospel there. A large number of people had come to faith. And uh, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, we'll, we'll call them the mission team. The mission team, they'd been there for only a matter of weeks uh, before some local people started to make uh, serious opposition, a, a campaign of persecution against the believers there. Uh, so an agri, agri mob was sent to try and get uh, their hands on the mission team. And so these, these brand new Thessalonian believers had to, had to send them away to keep them safe. That meant that there was this new, very fragile group of believers who the mission team were forced to leave 
uh, in the middle of persecution. And that team were deeply concerned that, that they might not have kept going with Jesus. And so we hear in chapter 3 that later on they send Timothy to them uh, to see how they're doing spiritually. Uh, Timothy visits them. He returns uh, to Paul and Silas with the wonderful news that they're standing firm in faith. And so this letter, 1 Thessalonians, it's written by Paul, Silas and Timothy, by the mission team, to encourage them uh, to keep going as, uh, as, a, as followers of Jesus, even in the midst of severe persecution. And in this first letter, uh, this first chapter, the way that they encourage them is by, is by giving thanks to God for three ways that they're proving to be a model church. Three things. Abundant gospel fruit, deep gospel roots, and overflowing gospel witness. Those are the three things they give thanks for in this first chapter of 1 Thessalonians. Do look with me as we look at the first of these characteristics of a model church. Abundant gospel fruit, verses 2 and 3. We always thank God for you all and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before God our Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 3 is a, a picture of the abundant gospel fruit of the Thessalonians. Uh, picture with me uh, an apple tree. We've got a picture, uh, an apple tree uh, showing abundant fruit, uh, a bumper crop. Now, the Thessalonians, that, that's the picture of them in verse 3, as they bear the fruit of faith, love, and hope. Three characteristics that are put together uh, often in the New Testament to describe uh, a real and vibrant Christian life. And Timothy, on his visit to the Thessalonians, he's seen those characteristics at work in them. First, he says, he speaks of their work produced by faith. Uh, in the short time that this mission team had been with them, probably only a matter of weeks, uh, the Thessalonians, they'd come to believe the gospel. Uh, they'd come to see that they were sinners deserving of God's righteous judgment but that Jesus had died and risen again for them, so through faith in him they could be wonderfully forgiven and receive the gift of eternal life. So they had a true faith in Jesus, and that was seen in their work produced by faith. See, true faith in Jesus always shows up in how a person lives. And here we see people, they had truly trusted in Jesus' death for them, and they showed that by living differently. They were pursuing holiness in every area of their life. And I wonder if, if that's true for you this morning. Because of your faith in all that Jesus has done for you are, you, are you seeking to follow him, however falteringly, in every part of your life? Or are there maybe parts of your life that you're, you're holding at arm's length to him this morning? So work produced by faith. Next, there was labor prompted by love. Uh, faith is directed towards God. Love here is talking about love towards others. And the Thessalonians, they committed themselves to labor prompted by their love for others. That word is, is a word of costly love, sacrificial love. And no doubt that expressed itself in many ways. But particularly, it might have shown itself in sacrificial giving. I mentioned that because in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul is uh, talking about the Macedonian churches, of which Thessalonica was a part. And he says that the, the Mas Macedonian churches... In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. 
So the Thessalonians and the Macedonian churches, they were giving generously to the work of the gospel. Prompted by their gospel love, uh, this labour of love issued in giving sacrificially. And that is a, that's a good moment for me to say that we, as a church family, we do need to grow the, the number of us who give sacrificially to enable uh, gospel ministry here at Emmanuel. Uh, we're now running deficit budgets. Uh, we can't sustain uh, dipping into our reserves to offset those deficits forever. And if we want to continue to invest uh, in the staff, the resources to do all the gospel ministry that we, we think the Lord is calling us to do here, uh, then more of us will need to begin to give. Uh, and more of us will need to give sacrificially uh, in new ways. Uh, all of the information about how you can do that uh, is on the website, or do come and speak to one of us in the team. So here are the Thessalonians. They're bearing abundant fruit uh, in work produced by faith, in labor prompted by love, and in endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Thessalonians found that they could, they could endure the persecution they were facing, even with joy, because they were putting their hope in Jesus. They were, as verse 10 tells us, waiting eagerly for the Lord Jesus to come back. And they knew that when he did return, as we've been hearing wonderfully in our series at the end of Revelation, all things would be made new, all their troubles would be over, and so they had endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus. Perhaps at, at work for you, there are colleagues who, who treat you differently because they think you're strange for standing up for what you believe. You have family members, maybe your friends, who look scornfully at you when you speak of your faith in Jesus. If that's you, if you're facing any kind of opposition for your faith, there's an encouragement here from the Thessalonians to put your hope in Jesus' return. When he makes all things new, when you enter into the joy of his presence, and all of those sacrifices in standing up for Jesus uh, will have been worth it. Well, as we look at this abundant fruit in the lives of the Thessalonians, may I say it's, it's a real joy to see lots of gospel fruit among us as a church family. We look around and we see so much work that is produced by faith and labour prompted by love. A love expressed in things amongst the church family, uh, in no particular order, those with a heart for children and young people, who express that in enormous work, at costly labour. Uh, there are those, again, with, with a real heart for older people and who've been living that out over many years. Uh, there's a history here and a continued ministry of, uh, uh, of, those, um, of helping with those with additional needs. That is a wonderful ministry for the church family. Uh, the work of Salam, uh, those who are lovingly serving the church through the warm, warm space initiatives, all our efforts uh, to bless the community around us. Or just in your daily life, you, you're seeking to persistently uh, love maybe difficult work colleagues or, or people at home who, are, who, who sometimes feel hard to love. We see all of that happening. We also see endurance inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus. Uh, there are so many of you who are persevering in faith. Uh, in the midst of real hardships. Uh, others of you who are, are willing to count the cost of following Jesus uh, in your workplace, in your family, uh, even in places that don't welcome your Christian faith. So it's a wonderful joy to see those things at work. And as the Thessalonians, as, as this mission team wrote to the Thessalonians, in chapter 4 they say, 
that as they've seen these characteristics in them, so do them more and more. And so this is an opportunity for us to encourage one another. Let, let us keep on bearing abundant gospel fruit more and more. Keep on growing that fruit among us. That's the first characteristic of a model church. It produces abundant gospel fruit. Now here's the thing. Gospel fruit like that, it doesn't emerge in a church family uh, out of nowhere. It has to flow from somewhere. And that brings us to the second thing about this model church. It produced abundant gospel fruit because it had deep gospel roots. Deep gospel roots. Remember in verse 3, we're hearing about their work, which is produced by faith. Their labor, which is prompted by love. And their endurance, which is inspired by hope in the Lord Jesus. I wonder if you see that, that all of those things flow from the gospel People who have a true faith in Jesus through the gospel produce good works. Uh, They love others because of the gospel. They endure hardships because of the hope of the gospel. It's the gospel that lies behind all that they do. And we see that point very clearly again in verses 4 and 5. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. How did the mission team write into the Thessalonians? How did they know that they were loved and chosen by God? Well, because they could see that the gospel had taken deep root in their lives. They could see from the quality of their Christian lives that that the gospel was changing them from the inside. When they heard the gospel, they, they didn't just receive it as a set of words but as their life-changing message that it is. The gospel came to them, we're told, with power, with the Holy Spirit, with deep conviction. So even though they were really new believers, the Holy Spirit had, had planted the gospel deep in their hearts. And so they were producing abundant gospel fruit precisely because they had these deep gospel roots. We can have that second picture on the screen, Ian. Thank you. We see uh, the beautiful apple tree bearing fruit, and there's a reason it's bearing fruit. It's because it it has deep and healthy roots. And in many ways, that's a picture of a healthy Christian life. You see, abundant gospel fruit doesn't, doesn't come about on its own. It flows from deep gospel roots in our lives. And that means that you and I need those gospel roots. If we're going to bear fruit in our lives, we, we need the gospel to sink deep down into our hearts and lives and to transform us from within. That's why we began this year with a series all about God's grace. Uh, Many of us were really helped by that as we were wonderfully reminded that God's grace to us is free, that we don't deserve it, that we could never earn it by our own works, our own efforts. But in God's mercy and forgiveness, he's offered that to us totally free. That's a liberating truth at the heart of our faith. And here's the thing, we never graduate from the gospel. We never graduate from from needing that message to sink deep down into our hearts and lives. There's never a time when we don't need it. It's absolutely crucial to our entire Christian lives. That's why we place such a a high level of importance on that aspect of the vision, uh, our church vision that we've referred to as deep discipleship. That's why we have Natasha Burt, who's dedicated to to helping us think through how every aspect of church life uh, can can grow us as followers of Jesus. 
That's why she's generously increasing the, the voluntary hours she works with us to full-time from September and undertaking a further course of study. And we pray, place such a high premium there because discipleship isn't one, one kind of niche part of the life of our church. It's essential to everything. Because discipleship is essentially letting the gospel bear on every dimension of our lives. You see, if you don't have deep gospel roots, if we don't approach our, our Sunday services, small groups, everything that we do as church, with a mindset of wanting the gospel to change us from the inside, if, if we don't do that, then, then we won't be able to bear fruit uh, over the long term. So let me ask us this morning, how, how deep are our gospel roots? I asked myself that question, question this week. I'm asking you this morning, how deep are your gospel roots? How often do you remind yourself of the gospel? How much do you preach the gospel to yourself, reminding yourself uh, when you're conscious of your sin that you've been freely and totally forgiven and welcomed into God's family? That's what we do as we take communion. We remind ourselves of that again. But we can do that all through our weeks. In all of the moments where we feel weighed down by something, we can remind ourselves of the gospel. Even in the moments where we don't, we can remind ourselves of it. So how often are you reminding yourself of the gospel? And how central is the gospel to how we're encouraging one another in the life of our church family, in your small group, uh, in other Christian friendships you have? Are you speaking about the gospel with each other? Is, the, is that kind of fueling our conversations? And is the gospel the, the thing that is motivating your efforts to serve God? Easy for us to serve out of a sense of obligation, or duty, uh, not out of a sense of delight, but, but God wants us to serve out of a sense of delight that he has freely chosen and forgiven us. Verse four again, we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. If we want to produce uh, abundant gospel fruit as a church family, then we need to cultivating ourselves and encouraging one another deep gospel roots that was true for the Thessalonians they were they had deep gospel roots they were producing from that deep uh, abundant gospel fruit and because of all of that that here's our third and final thing for this morning because of that they were overflowing in gospel witness that's our final point for this morning overflowing gospel witness we can have that next picture up please Ian the, the church in Thessalonica, uh, and any church, a church that bears abundant fruit flowing from, from these deep gospel roots, well, it will overflow into the lives of others. That's the picture we get in verse 6 through to the end of the chapter. Let me read it again. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. To help us to, to see the logic of those verses, just look at those cups and how they overflow. The, the mission team, the, 
Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They had they'd brought the gospel to Thessalonica, uh, to people who, were, who then believed the gospel and were transformed by it, the Thessalonians. That's clear as you read the New Testament. Uh, they were changed by the gospel to become more like Jesus. That happened in the life of Paul and Silas and Timothy as they modeled their lives on the Lord Jesus. So they were, they were filled up with Jesus. You can picture that, that first glass there. And as the mission team followed Jesus and proclaimed his gospel, the Thessalonians, they saw the quality of their lives. They believed the gospel themselves. It's like the lives of the mission team overflowed into their lives, the lives of the Thessalonians. The second layer of glasses as they overflow. Verse 6, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with a joy given by the Holy Spirit. So the mission team, they're overflowing with Jesus. That overflows into the lives of the Thessalonians. And then it affects every part of how they're living. As we've been seeing, they, they let the gospel take deep root in their lives. They bear good fruit. They, they imitate Paul and Silas and Timothy by embracing the gospel with joy, even in persecution. Uh, they, they turn from idols to serve the living God, verse 9. Uh, and they imitate them by waiting eagerly for Jesus to return, verse 10. And as they did all of that, their lives in turn overflowed into the lives of others. That, that, that drink continuing to cask out, cascade down into those glasses. And that's the picture here. And the picture continues, verse 7. So you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Paul, Silas and Timothy had imitated the Lord. Uh, the Thessalonians had imitated them. And then through their gospel fruit, all the other believers in the surrounding area, uh, they saw a model that they could imitate as well. Thessalonica was on the main trading route, so, so as believers from there traveled to other places, the other believers could see the quality of their lives. And so they overflowed into the lives of others. And then through them, we're told, uh, the message continued to ring out further afield. It, it, it continued to go into the lives of the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, and then through them beyond. Verse 8, the Lord's message rang out not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. We see the picture, this overflowing picture, that when a church is producing abundant gospel fruit, flowing from those deep gospel roots, it overflows into the lives of others. So let me ask us, is that true for us? Are we allowing the lives of, of other believers to overflow into ours? Are there brothers and sisters here at Emmanuel who you've noticed uh, love the gospel, are bearing fruit, people who you could imitate? Are you letting their lives overflow into yours? And is your life overflowing into the life of other believers? Would others in the church family see that you're bearing gospel fruit because you're, you're putting down deep gospel roots? Are you leaving idols in your life behind uh, to serve the living God? Are you enduring hostility because you're a Christian with a joy that comes from knowing? Verse 10, it will be worth it when Jesus comes back. Does your life overflow with the gospel into the lives of others? Do you have people in your life who you're seeking to, to overflow into? So that's the picture of a model church in this chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, a place where there's abundant gospel fruit, deep gospel roots, and overflowing gospel witness. What a wonderful vision 
that would be for the life of our church family, for this to happen more and more. And that can only happen with God's help and with God's strength. It's been wonderful to notice a deeper commitment among us to pray in recent months. And there could be few things more important than praying for this in the life of our church family. So do, do pray that God would shape us more and more into a church family like this. A place of abundant gospel fruit, overflow, uh, deep gospel roots, overflowing gospel witness. Imagine what God could do if we all committed to praying for that in our life together. So to help us with that, we're going to continue in our time together. Sue French is going to come and lead us in a time of intercessions based on this chapter. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.